But also what I love about Twitter is the connections. We make these connections on there that are so different than what we could on other social platforms. Like if I wanted to reach out to somebody who's big, who's like a big deal, I have the best chance of getting that connection on Twitter. They're more inclined. Twitter's not just a place to communicate with your friends. It's also become an essential tool in the journalist's toolbox. Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about digital media and the people who are trying to help us make it better. One of the people who is trying to help people do better on social media, Twitter in particular, is Madeline Sklar. She's the host of the Twitter Smarter podcast and also the Twitter Smarter chat, both of which are going to soon be celebrating their second year. Thanks for coming back on the podcast, Madeline. Thanks for having me, Michael. I just love what you're doing and thrilled to be back for another round. Cool. Cool. Yeah, we I can't remember. It was maybe uh, shortly after you had started the uh, the podcast. I know you've been doing the chat. When we first talked, you're all about Twitter. What is it you like about Twitter? I like that Twitter is really simple. 140 characters means that you have to be short and to the point, and I really like that a lot. So it's something that really attracted me to it. But also what I love about Twitter is the connections. We make these connections on there that are so different than what we could on other social platforms. Like if I wanted to reach out to somebody who's big, who's like a big deal, I have the best chance of getting that connection on Twitter. They're more inclined to chat. Because, you know, on Facebook, people like to use it for personal stuff and they feel like you're trying to invade them, right? And then LinkedIn has really become such a haven for spammers and people trying to sell you stuff. It's just not really the best place for the connections like the way you can on Twitter. So that really attracts me to it. You like being able to reach out to these people. Do you think it's also really a good tool for, you know, gathering information and uh, maybe even sharing information? Oh, absolutely. It is really good for getting, you know, gathering information of any kind, um, just going on the search and, and looking up things. There's an advanced Twitter search that I find a lot of people are not familiar with. And the advanced search allows you to really hone in on something that you're looking for because, you know, you're on Twitter and you just do the little search box at the top and, you know, you're very limited. You just type in something, you know, keywords, right? A keyword or words, but you can actually dive further in with the advanced search and, put in some very specific things like all of these words or this exact phrase or none of these words. And you want to go look up something with a hashtag, you can put the hashtag in, you can put specific dates in there. Uh, I like it for when I want to go refer back to an old tweet conversation, like maybe something you and I tweeted a few years ago, and I'm trying to remember what we talked about. I could put in your Twitter account, my Twitter account, our, our handles, and look up past conversation. So it's really powerful. How do you use it day in and day out? I know you do the podcast, you do the chat. How do you use it in your job? You know, every day I get on there and I share articles and information to my community on there. I've really gotten known uh, as somebody that is just full of resources. Uh, I just want to help people better use social media and especially Twitter. So every day I read articles and pass it along on my Twitter feed. I will just tweet out articles. And what I do is I schedule them out because you certainly don't want to just 
tweet out 10 things at once, right? Because that's just a little too much into the feed. So in the morning, I'll read a bunch of articles just to get knowledge for myself, right? I just want to learn more. And uh, I'll take all the good stuff that I read and schedule it out. So that way people in my community can read and learn from it as well. So that's one of the things I do every day. I also just love connecting and talking to people. So I'll get on there and just strike up conversations with people. I check my notifications. So if somebody is reaching out to me, I'm very quick to respond back and have a conversation with them. So these are just things I love to do. It's just amazing to connect with people on there from all over the world. Would you say that there's like good Twitter etiquette? What are the things that you should be doing and that you shouldn't be doing on, on Twitter? Well, what you should be doing is using it to be social, right? You don't want to use it to just overly promote yourself. You, you see a lot of businesses get on there and it's just a very one-sided conversation where all they're doing is promoting their products and services, but they're not talking to anybody. And so you certainly don't want to do that. It's a place to be social. So get out there and be social and talk to people. What I always tell people to do is listen. Just get on Twitter and listen. Don't tweet anything. Just listen and find opportunities to jump in the conversation and get in that habit. You know, through listening, you can make really valuable connections on there. So I find that to be something that I would love to see more people doing. Another thing to not do is to do the auto DMs. Are you familiar? Like, you know, you get like you go into your messages and it's just all of these direct messages coming from people just spamming it with, you know, buy this. Oh, thank you for following me. Now go to my LinkedIn or go buy this book from me. And you don't even know them. Yeah, and it's gotten to be a little too much. Like it's just, I don't know. Who went around telling people it's okay to set up these auto DMs where, you know, it's set up so that when somebody follows you, you immediately send them this automated message telling them to go do something like buy your book or go to your LinkedIn and your Facebook. You know, if, if you don't know them, why do you think they're going to go do this? You know, th there's still that whole no like and trust before somebody's going to do something when, when they don't know you, you know, if I follow you on Twitter, you know, I look at your Twitter feed. I like what you're doing. I look at your bio. I'm like, okay, I want to follow this Michael guy. He seems interesting. And as soon as I follow you, I immediately get this direct message. So, you know, it's automated and it says, Hey, Madeline, thank you for following me. I would love for you to go to my LinkedIn and follow me there too. And go buy my book while you're at it. It's only 1495. I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't really know you, so why would I go run out and buy your book? It, it doesn't interest me. And why would I want to go stop what I'm doing and follow you on LinkedIn when I'm in Twitter and I want to stay in Twitter and hang out there right now? I don't want to go somewhere else. Well, so there's a lot of that going on. So you kind of bring up an interesting point. How do you establish a relationship with somebody that you you know you you follow or you meet on Twitter? Well, you know, it takes time. I think. People that are doing these auto DMs are trying to shortcut it, right? They just want this fast track to getting all these people becoming friends with them and buyers of their products and services. You know, it takes time to build relationships. So, you know, really the best thing is to just start talking to people and keep the conversation going. That's how I've been able to make amazing connections with people that have helped me in my business. It's just, you know, meeting them on Twitter, whether it's on a Twitter chat or 
maybe we have a mutual friend or I saw something they tweeted and it, it, you know, I somehow saw it. I'm like, oh, I really like what they said. Let me reply to it and say something to them. And through that, we start developing this relationship that can turn into a friendship. It could turn into a business associate. There's so many things and they could recommend me to somebody that could become business for me. There's just so many things that can come from that. But it all starts with just getting out there and listening and connecting. So you do this weekly chat. Well, first of all, let's talk about the chat. What is it? What is it you're trying to do? So I have a Twitter chat and it's all, it's funny. It's all about Twitter. I wanted to start something. This was two years ago. I wanted to start something where people could come together on Twitter. Twitter chats are pretty popular and I've been on plenty of them. I've hosted other ones myself. And I thought, why don't we do something where we come on every, every week for an hour and just share Twitter tips and advice because we could always help one another on do's and don'ts for better Twitter marketing and just things that we learn that we want to share with others. So it was just something I just decided to start. There was nobody else doing it, which really surprised me. To me, it's surprising to be on Twitter and there's all these Twitter chats but there's not one about Twitter. So I decided to be the one. And uh, I mean, I was already prior to that, I was on this mission to teach people how to use Twitter. I would find that people were either not comfortable using it or they didn't understand it. They thought that it was just too simple. It was like texting and they just didn't see the need. They didn't understand how you could possibly get business on Twitter. So I just decided to start this mission many years ago to teach people how to use Twitter. And so it just seemed like a natural progression to start a Twitter chat and to also start a podcast, just using all the different tools out there that would allow me to teach people how to use Twitter. First of all, why might somebody want to do a chat? Well, a chat is a great way to make connections on Twitter. And there are chats out there for just every topic you can imagine people hosting these chats. And it's just a great way to connect with like-minded people. So we'll use my Twitter Smarter as an example. So every week for an hour, so every Thursday at one o'clock Eastern, people come on. Some people want to learn how to use Twitter better. Some people want to come on and share their two cents on like, you know, they want to show themselves off as the expert on how to use Twitter. I bring on a guest as well. So I like have an expert that comes on and, and shares their thoughts on how to use Twitter. So it makes for a great atmosphere to connect with really cool people. And from there, I've seen people go on to work together after meeting on the Twitter Smarter Chat. So that to me is like the best, like, you know, bringing people together is one thing, but then to see people come together and meet and then go off and do stuff together. It's just super cool and very validating to the work I'm doing. Okay. So I see value then maybe I want to do a chat. You know, what advice would you give to somebody who might want to do something? You know, how do they organize a, a chat? Well, it all starts with the hashtag. So, you know, you want to think about what it is that you you know want to do. What is it you want to, they don't have to be a Q&A format like mine. You can just have a chat every week where like the one I used to do for musicians, it was just this weekly, let's bring musicians together. And so I had this music community and I came up with the hashtag and that's really important to find a hashtag ideally one that no one else is using. So you want to have a thought as to, you know, what's the 
thing that we, you know, what's it going to be about? So for that one, it was, you know, bringing musicians together to talk about the music business. And so the next step was, okay, I got to have a hashtag. I need to do some research. Well, for that one, my music community is called Go Girls Music. So I decided to call it GG Chat, short for Go Girls Music. Now, I started that chat five years ago. Five years ago, chats were a little bit newer. And I really wasn't sure how to, you know, it was, there was no rule book. There was no handbook. Nobody had really like, here's how to run a Twitter chat. So I had to just kind of figure it out and learn. Looking back, I would have called it Go Girls Chat or Musicians Chat or something. GG Chat is so generic. So other people have tried starting chats called it GG Chat because GG could be initials for so many different things. So looking back, I would have totally done it differently. So with my Twitter Smarter that I started two years ago, I was already using the hashtag for online training courses. I I decided to call it Twitter Smarter and nobody was using the hashtag. So it made sense for me when I wanted to start the chat to go ahead and get that hashtag. So you really want to do some research and think about like, what do you want to call it? What kind of hashtag will help make it stand out? I run a, a Twitter chat for a company called Manage Flitter, and it's a, a tool that helps you utilize your Twitter. And we came up with social ROI, which is a really cool sounding hashtag. And it says a lot like, you know, the ROI of social media, right? Like how to monetize social media. And uh, we did a lot of research to make sure it was a hashtag that was not being widely used. If it's being used a lot, and you're using it for a chat, number one, it can be confusing for people. But then number two, you're trying to do something here, but then it's also being used by other people doing other things. It just doesn't work well. So I always recommend finding that hashtag that's really unique. And then you got to pick a day and time. And that can be challenging. When I did the one for musicians, I picked a Thursday night, like the very first chat was a Thursday evening. And I figured I could change it if people didn't like it. But I realized like, well, wait a minute, musicians are usually out playing shows like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Thursday evenings is not the best time for a Twitter chat. But it took off and became really popular very quickly. And people said they liked it at that day and time. So I left it. Because there really is no rule book. I mean, you really can make the rules with this and do this however you want. So, you know, if you pick a day and time and it's just not working for the community and people say, hey, you know, can you change this? And you get enough people asking, sure, then, you know, make that change. But those are things you want to think about. Hashtag, you want to think about your why. Why are you doing this? What is it going to be for, uh, you know, the big picture of it? And then you want to figure out the hashtag, a day and time. Once you figure that all out, then you got to start promoting it like crazy. And this is where a lot of people that are starting a Twitter chat freeze up. I actually teach an online training course on how to start your own Twitter chat because I've been helping so many of my colleagues kick off their own chat. But what I would find is that people would get really nervous, like, okay, they got it all set up. They picked their day and time. They got the hashtag But now if they start promoting it, it becomes real and they're worried that no one's going to show up. And that's a very valid point, of course. But I always say, look, invite your friends, invite your colleagues, let them know how important this is to you and they'll come and support you. So if anything, at least you'll have them there for that very first chat. But it can be a scary thing getting it 
started, but it can be so rewarding. And I would just always say, if you're going to do it, just go all out and, and keep it going, be consistent and have fun with it. What are your best strategies then for promoting? Is it just promote out on Twitter, send it to your followers? What do you do? All over the place. I will email it out to my mailing list. I'll promote it on Facebook and Instagram. Everywhere that I can promote, I'll promote it. Because, you know, so many times people just do it on Twitter only thinking, you know, well, makes sense. Let's just promote it on Twitter. But, you know, the audience you're trying to attract will also be on your other social media platforms out there that, you know, you could promote to. I have a large following on Facebook, so it makes sense for me to promote it over there regularly. So I do. So I would just promote it all over and promote it heavily on Twitter. You know, great thing about Twitter it's kind of normal to tweet a lot. Like that's, you know, the shelf life of a tweet is so short. So on Facebook, you certainly don't post 20 times a day, but you can totally do it over on Twitter, which is really cool. So you just want to put together a promotion strategy, which is really no different than anything else that you would be promoting, like a podcast or, or anything else. And, and just, you know, strategize, the different areas you want to promote it and, and then just start doing it and don't stop. So you mentioned that you, you had an email mailing list. How did you assemble that? Well, I just have a mailing list just, you know, that I've been building for years through my online presence, just, you know, inviting people to join my mailing list. Uh, so when I started the Twitter chat, I just incorporated that into my promotions, you know, to, for it is like letting people know, because, you know, when you have people on a mailing list, they want to support you, right? People opt into your mailing list. They want to know what you're up to, what you're doing. Uh, and people were very excited about a Twitter chat. So I was able to get a lot of people to come over from my mailing list to, uh, join me for the chat. So that's been really cool. And, you can certainly start an email list of your people from the chat. Uh, I've seen plenty of people start a mailing list uh, to send out reminders. Um, like, you know, hey, if you like this Twitter chat, you want us to send you a weekly email reminder. Uh, I, I get email reminders for different Twitter chats that I participate in. And I think that's a great strategy. My strategy has been to just tweet out reminders. Uh, it's a little bit more work. but I have found that, you know, you find what works for you. And that's why I found this work for me that I really like to do. But but doing it through email is is definitely a good strategy. So let me let me talk to you a little bit about podcasting. You, you're about to accept, celebrate your second anniversary with the Twitter Smarter Podcast. What's been your experience doing that podcast? What's worked out well? What's been hard? What's been fun? Oh, Michael, I just love the podcast. I just want everybody to know that my podcast was career changing. It really was. Prior to that, I was in the music business, as I was talking about before. I'd been in the music business for 20 years. And I got into a place where I just wanted to do something. I wanted to do the same type of work, uh, but for a new audience. And I was tired of it being just music business related. And I really wanted to get known as a top social media marketer, and especially with Twitter. And so I decided to start the podcast. I decided to start a podcast sharing Twitter tips where I would interview people, top social media marketers, sharing their best Twitter tips. It's a really simple podcast. I mean, really, the question I say to every guest is, what are your best Twitter tips? And it has really changed the course of my career. In these past two years, I've been invited to speak at top 
conferences, the top social media marketing conferences, speaking about Twitter um, has led me to speak on so many podcasts and being invited to be on a lot of different Twitter chats has really gotten me so much, um, so much PR. It's just really been amazing. It's just really gotten my brand, my Madeline Sklar brand out there. So I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I've been podcasting since 2013 and I've seen so much value in it. And I'm always advocating people to start their own. It is such, to me, is like one of the best platforms out there. You know, most people listen, even though they're listening usually when they're doing something else because it's audio. So many people listen with headphones and it becomes very intimate. I mean, you know this, you're a podcaster. You, the response you get from people is just so amazing. I mean, here I do so many different things, right? I have a Twitter chat, a very popular Twitter chat. I have the podcast. I do other things, coaching, consulting. I just do a variety of things. I get tweets every single day from people telling me how much they love my podcast, how much it helps them. And I know they feel that intimate connection with me because so many people are listening with the headphones or they're listening in an environment where they just feel like you're talking to just them, right? And that's so powerful. So I just think podcasting is just the best thing and it's helped me in my career so much. I too am a, a big fan of podcasting, obviously. I, I had a chance to, to interview a lot of podcasters uh, through this and through the book that I was working on last year about podcasting. And, you know, one of the things they say is, you know, do something that, you know, to choose to podcast, do something that you that you're passionate about. You clearly have a passion for social media and, and Twitter in particular. So do you ever have times when, you know, you're podcasting about one subject? Is it ever difficult sometimes to come up with something different to talk about? Or is it just that everybody is so into what this, this subject is that it, that it goes pretty easily? It's pretty easy because because I'm just asking the same simple question to everybody. I get a different answer from every guest. And I love that. And I get different takes on it. And I think that's so cool. So I go and I seek out top social media marketers. And most times I'm contacting them through Twitter. I'm sending them a public tweet, inviting them to come be a guest if they don't already know me and which has worked out really well. I mean, I think that's a great way. Like if if there are podcasters listening and are like trying to find people to bring on their shows, try tweeting out to the people you want to invite. It's worked so well for me. But yeah, my podcast has just been so simple and easy and just so enjoyable. I mean, really, the the difficult part is just all the work after you hit the stop recording button, right? Like all the work that goes in afterwards. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. The the production (laughs) part and actually the even just getting getting people, you know, scheduling stuff and and, uh, you know, you know, making, you know, getting, reaching out to them, finding, you know, how things are going to work with their schedule, that, that actually, that and the post-production, those are the things that are the hardest, but the, the podcast itself, generally, that's, that's super easy, but, you know, it helps to, to be prepared, to know who you're talking to, because, you know, that's part of the, the conversation, you're talking about the particular subject, but you also want to find out a little bit more about the person you're talking to. We're, we're talking about Twitter, but you know, through our conversation, people have learned that you you know, you had a music background that you that you teach marketing classes that you know people reach out to you 
and uh, you know how, that you enjoy podcasting so much. So all this sort of incidental information is all around whatever that one subject that we're talking about is. So I just exactly. talk. I just talk about Twitter once in a blue moon when I interview somebody like you. But you talk about it all the time. You don't talk about journalism. I do that all the time. So you know that, right. that's kind of what we we do, and we uh, we choose this medium to to reach out to people. And I agree with you. It's, you know, it's something that's very intimate. It's very rewarding. It's fun. You get to talk to lots of different people and and learn about them and their experiences. That can be fun. And it's always interesting, I think. I totally agree. I mean, I've met so many interesting people. Some of the people that I've interviewed are speakers at some of these big conferences that I've also been to. And so now they know who I am. So when I see them, it's so wonderful to be able to like take them aside and say, Hey, remember me? I interviewed you for my podcast. So I'm like, Oh yeah, that was so much fun. And it's just so cool having that kind of connection with somebody from having them be your guest on a podcast. Yeah. The weird thing is, is like when you go to a conference or something and you suddenly realize, Oh yeah, that's somebody I interviewed over the phone and you go up and you introduce yourself to them to meet them actually face to face, even though you've already had a, you know, a 30 minute or an hour long conversation with them. Like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. It's certainly rewarding. Well, Madeline, this has been great. It's always great talking to you to find out what you've been up to. One last tidbit. What's the one thing that you would recommend that everybody do on Twitter? I would recommend everybody go find a Twitter chat that resonates with them and become a regular on that chat. So go go find a chat. Best way to do this is surprising that there's not like one directory listing of all Twitter chats. I think it's just too much of an undertaking for one person to do. But I always say go to Google, type in whatever the subject or topic is, and then put Twitter chat on the end of it. So let's say you're a baseball fanatic, then type in baseball Twitter chat. Uh, That's pretty generic. So you might want to drill down a little bit, but, you know, do a search and see if you can find something on what you're interested in. I'm, I'm sure you will, because there is so much out there. Um, if you're looking for something that's related to social media and marketing, I put together my own list uh, at madelinesclar.com slash chat list. And so I compiled a list of just all the different social media and marketing type chats that are out there. But I think the best thing to do is find a Twitter chat and just become a regular. And it is so much fun. You'll make such great connections with people. You're just going to love it. And I would love for you to send me a tweet and let me know that you've done it. Well, cool. This has been great. Great talking to you. It's always great talking to you. And I love following you on Twitter. Let's do this again soon. I would love that, Michael. Thank you for having me. Next time on It's All Journalism. It took me some time to be like, well, I'm going to you know, write down like five of the top things I'm thinking about. What can I support with the evidence? Like what is actually worth saying? How can I sort of form this into a column and like, is what I'm saying about this helpful in any way? In our next podcast, we talk to Christine Emba. She's an editor and columnist for The Washington Post, where she writes about big ideas like diversity and gender. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and now Podcast One. It may not seem like it, but it takes a bunch of people to put together a podcast. Nicole Grisco edited our audio. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre composed our theme music. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. If you want to join in the fun and uh, produce your own podcast, why not check out my book, Turn Up the Volume of Down and Dirty Guide to Podcasting. It's available on our website, 
Go to itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. What's Working in Washington podcast with your host, Jonathan Aberman. We share this region's innovative, entrepreneurial, and creative spirit. This podcast tells impressive stories of passion and spunk taking place here in the D.C. region. It illustrates how the nation's capital is anything but the stuffy, bureaucratic, politics-only reputation it tries to shed. The What's Working in Washington podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast D.C. The Finish the Game Podcast with your host, Sean Alexander. Draw play to Sean. Across the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Hey, this is Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. Check out my podcast, Finish the Game, where I discuss sports and life lessons helping you become an MVP. The Finish the Game Podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC.